hands on. What's the beef? The coolie high code chiefs. High post techniques. I drape off poetic landscapes and shapes. Illustrate the paper space off the pens that paint. Then design what habit National Geographic. The magic with tailor made status and plus flavor that's automatic. Uh. We're not falling. We take it back to the days of yes, Charlotte. We're holding on to what's golden. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Hardwood Dynasty Fantasy Basketball Podcast. My name's Huck Breeze, and I am joined here by Max Breeze, a.k.a. Godzilla Got Busy. And he's getting busy. He's getting busy. And our commissioner, Ethan Levine. How are you guys doing today? Shalom, y'all. Look at uh, look at the matchups right now. I'm I'm doing great. I'm happy that we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday night instead of a Monday night. Yeah. Um, just because it gave me a chance to build such a sizable, confident lead. You got busy on a Monday. It got so busy. I mean, look at it. My team shot crazy from three last night. Put up crazy numbers. So many points. So many rebounds. It's it just, does it's a great help. thing to build my week off of. And you're playing who? Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get we'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> Spurs didn't play. You know, it sucks when you stack your team, your favorite team, in fantasy, and uh, you know, Spurs uh, decided they didn't want to play this week, or you know, they had COVID situation. So, um, disappointing to say the least. But you know, it's just the beginning. It's only Tuesday. Um, we'll get into it. Uh, let's start with a with a recap of Week Five last week. Um, first and foremost, we'll talk about Luke. My balls is not so good. Not such a Oops. good, not so good, such a good uh, week for Luke. My balls, um, previously in first place, I said, I don't see Luke. My balls losing any week. Um, and you know, I've praised him every single week. He lost 11 to zero big shutout. You did this. I think the only two 11 to zero, uh, other 11 zero losses were uh, Max. You lost 11 zero in the first week, didn't you? And um, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew as well, 11 zero. It's not a good thing. Um, well, Hermits is one of the 11 nothing victors as well. Well, there Winners. you go. He's been so, on both yeah. sides. Yeah. So both those even out, you know, and that gives him a 500 <laughs> record on those. Uh, Ethan, you reached out for for Matt for a statement this week, or you talked to him about it. What what do you have to say? So I'll just read the statement because um, we obviously we're going to have to talk about it. He said, "Tax season, tax season slash skiing on the weekends, which white boy problems." Um, he's a public accountant, mm. um, and he lives in Colorado, so there's that backstory. Makes um, sense. Tax skiing, tax, holy shit, tax season slash skiing on the weekend is taking up my time, but all my excuses are pretty lame. I completely understand that we're going to torch him on the podcast. I wouldn't want it any other way. So he, uh, well, thank you for backing up the tax season thing because I would have been like, you can't play fantasy basketball because you have to do your taxes. How long did it take you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, but if you're an accountant, you know, I, I can understand that. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, I mean, that's that's a rough to, uh, a rough week for him. Um, he assured that there was going to be um, a little greater focus, I think, in in the weeks ahead. And we yeah. discussed, we we chatted about the roto rankings, and then about um, 
transaction trends and how that can kind of fast pass you when you, when time is tight through your five streams every week. Dude, Paul's team got so angry. Like they were, they were the thunder from down under last week. I mean, yes. it's, well, I have any of us picked him yet to win. He said he's the podcast fueled some rage behind <laughs> his team, which, you know, that's what we're here for. I don't think I have, I definitely didn't pick him last week. I like his team. I've, I've probably picked him in weeks where he's played lesser opponents, but I, but to his point, I probably haven't respected his team to the degree that they're commanding that they deserve. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So take note. Um, Paul is not as bad as we think. And, and maybe Luca mod balls isn't as good as we think. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see in the upcoming weeks, but uh, Paul's well, in first. I don't think anybody thinks he's bad right now. I, I Okay. No, but he, as, he's as much. We talked about, you know, oh, yeah. prior <laughs> to this week, Paul uh, does have a, uh, a team that's so nasty though, because, and I guess we'll talk more about him in predictions, but like he already has good guard play from the the name brand stars, but getting the kind of production he gets out of like Cole Anthony and Halliburton, who I've talked about a bunch, like that shit just stacks up in the counting stats. I think only Chase has more like shots taken and shots made than Paul does. It's mm-hmm. scary. Yep, yep. So let's go to the other side of the spectrum with uh, in our in our league. Let's go to. Um, not your father's Kevin Ware's knee. This is not the 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 same Kevin Ware's knee that we've seen in the past couple weeks. Um, you know, uh, Max, you want to talk about Kevin Ware's knee and 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 his improvement? Okay. I mean, when we say his improvement, can we make sure we keep it relative? Because when we say improvement, he traded you a ninth round Jeremy Grant for what? Uh, I think I gave him, uh, Trey young, which is a, I was going to say for Trey young, for the, for the worst first round pick in the league. That's no, that's okay. Drummond. I have the worst first round. I think Kevin Ware's knee has a good team. I think he's, I mean, shit, he wasn't even making moves and he still wasn't in last place. If he just makes moves, he'll absolutely make the playoffs. I, we can, I don't know if there will be like pulling of sound bites later this season. But you can lock that one away. If he, as long as he makes two to five moves every week, he'll absolutely make the playoffs. So he's made two moves, both of them around two a.m., which is it's very conspicuous to me. Unless it's a, unless it's like, oh, I've made the drunk two a.m. move. I'll do it again. Okay, you've made the drunk two a.m. move. You've nobody only makes drunk two (laughs) a.m. moves unless it's on like fat chicks at the end of the night. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no. That's the only thing he's done. He's made two moves, and and one of them it was like I'm gonna drop this guy that plays for the Mavericks who's been hurt all season and sucks for a guy that used to play for the Mavericks. And it makes me doubt how many players Matt Stafford actually knows that are in the NBA. But you know what he's got that a lot of teams have been very open about in the group text wanting is rebounds and block shots and winning shooting percentage categories because he's getting a lot of shots inside the lane. Like DeAndre in this post Jared Allen world is real. Surge is real. Anthony Davis, I obviously consider to be um, a deity of sorts. So he's got, I mean, Aaron Gordon last week is a big rebounder. Like that's, he's got, he's rich in something that everybody wants. That's mm. true. That's true. So if he can, you know, get busy on the trade market. Yep. That's the thing. Yeah. 
the if he's if he's out there shopping people around or even just listening to offers i would imagine people if you haven't you should reach out to him if you want a big guy he's got plenty of them i don't know yeah. i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep slandering he's in 13th place for <laughs> praising him for losing six to five and making two two a.m no i'm trying to will him into making this to paying attention at least this much for the remaining weeks because i think that he will be super competitive i know brennan was like what the fuck why don't you do one of your zero move weeks when <laughs> hong kong heroes played you i was trying to stack 11 nothing yeah that's fancy in a nutshell reason. though that's fancy huh? in a nutshell you know you got the person that doesn't uh pay attention or isn't very good and then uh, you know they play some somebody maybe they get a little boosted and they uh you know try and make all their moves and they try their hardest and it's like what the hell you know but that's how it works that's just how it works uh let's let's keep it going uh I want to talk about uh, how much does Roto? I know we get these Roto rankings out every week and on Monday, and you know I want to thank Ethan again and whoever else contributes to it. Uh, it's super helpful and uh, super interesting, something to start our week out with. Um, but Trevor made a good point in this group text on Monday. It's something that we've discussed, you know, overall in different fantasy leagues uh, that. Roto rankings is like a guide to how you're doing, but it obviously isn't, you know, the the gospel, the you know, the dictionary, the definition of whether you're winning or not. Uh, you know, this is like I said, 2007 Patriots, best team in the league, probably the best team of all time, won every regular season game, and lost to the Giants in the in the Super Bowl. Who's the best team? The Giants were the best team. Um, you know, wins and losses matter the most. Uh, you know, the the statistics you put up help in that, um, but in the end, it's going to be the W and the L. Uh, Ethan, what are your what are your thoughts on this? So I come from the school of thought of believing in the roto rankings a lot. That's not why I do them. I, I do them because Max does them for baseball, and I'm just copycatting it. And I do think they're helpful, but I. It's I obviously don't actually control anything like I wish I could play in the NBA, but didn't quite get out of peewee. But like the old proverbial control what you can control, I look at the Roto rankings kind of through that lens and trying to um, get as, as close to the top um, across all categories as I can so that I just sort of, regardless of who I'm facing, I feel good about my team. Um, whereas to Trevor's point, and I mean, he was... I think exaggerating a little bit to just personality and the group text, but the logic of it is you really only have to be good in six out of 11 categories. Like you can be worst in the league in five categories and still win each week and still win through the playoffs. Now that isn't going to be how it plays out in reality, but um, you know, there are people who I feel like lean that way. Um, towards just being rich in enough categories. I'll kind of, I'm kind of, I, I look at my rich categories as opportunities to maybe trade somebody to improve a weaker area. I don't look at them as like, cool, I can coast on this, um, you know, on this feather in my cap, like case in point, how I've, I've kind of lightly shopped Drummond this year, even though I probably could still use his rebounds. So, um, so yeah. I, you know, I'll yield my time on that, but that's, I, I tend to look at them as like, I want to, 
I really care about having a higher score because I feel like it, that is, is what it is regardless of who I might get matched up with that week. Well, it tells, it also tells a story of, you know, which team's the most well-rounded, you know, you want to have some kind of balance. You want to know, you know, where you are weak, where you're strong and, and, you know, on what potential moves, if you're into that, uh, what, what kind of moves you might make. Uh, But I I do want to talk about factually going into Trevor. Uh, Yeah. He's alone in fourth place, closer to first than he is to sixth right now. Um, so every host on the show is looking up to him and standing. So us three, uh, you know, we, we are all behind, uh, Trevor at this point. Um, so Trevor is 10th in the, in the week's Roto rankings. He's already faced three of the, uh, of the four teams beneath him in current Roto ranks, which would be myself, uh, uh, Kevin wears knee and Victor. Uh, so yes, Trevor has won every game. Um, that is a factual statement. Um, he's also faced uh, not the best strength of schedule thus far. So uh, you know, and lastly, uh, Trevor also beat uh, Hurwitz before it was cool, which. When um, Hurwitz was trying and not giving up eleven nothing, back when yes. we were ma- when we were praising his team, he beat Hurwitz. So that was a a real big boy win that wasn't just resting prior to sa- Peter prior team. to tax yeah. season. Um, prior to he, 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 <laughs> yeah. prior to tax season, he beat him. So, um, so yeah, you know, like I said, we can go round the table all we want on this uh, subject. Whether you know, Roto rankings is a definitive statement of whether you're team deserves to be in first or not um but in the end you know you're not going to win if you're in first you're going to win if you have the most categories won at least this year um max do you have any thoughts on rotor rankings and the and you know the equivalent to to the rankings in season well firstly um for anybody that doesn't know the roto rankings um are something that comes from rotisserie baseball that's where the term roto comes from uh, Matthew Barry, that used to be known as the talented Mr. Roto, he actually started his career in fantasy writing about baseball. Um, and I don't know where the term rotisserie baseball comes from, but it the scoring, it, it's one of the most popular ways of scoring in fantasy baseball leagues. You go season long and you go a bunch of different categories and your points are, are assigned like this. So if we were playing in a fantasy basketball league using rotisserie scoring, Hong Kong heroes would be winning and he'd be winning by a lot. Um, in our league. So, you know, we, like Ethan said, we use these in the baseball league and it doesn't matter nearly as much because in the baseball league, a win is a win. You know what I mean? If you, it's not a, it's not a win per category to clarify. It's a binary. If you get more categories, you get one win or you get zero wins, which I I know we're going to be moving to that system with this league next year, but for this year, year, I think more than anything, these rankings are relevant in helping people prepare. It's not about using the rotisserie rankings to go, oh, Hong Kong Heroes has the best team. It's bragging rights. Ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, it means nothing. But when you look at this, when I look at my team, for instance, um, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I'm in fourth, even though I'm not doing well in the standings. And a big reason behind that is because I'm high in points and rebounds. 
Um, but I'm hurting on turnovers because my guys are always playing minutes. And despite the fact that I keep trading for three-point guys, I'm still hurting in three points made. Now, granted, a lot of that might be slanted because my first couple weeks of the season didn't have many, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but if anybody's going to take a look at these and wants to use them for anything, just I would use them as such. Don't. It's not a Hong Kong Heroes has the best team in the league scenario. It's more of a... Where is my team hurting? If if I can keep all of these categories above seven, I can expect to win them more often than I lose. Thinking along those lines, like I said, with with our scoring this year, it's much more relevant than it would be in any other situation. I know that it's debated a lot in the baseball league because again, just you have to win the majority of categories and that's it. You can punt. You know, that's that's a term we use a lot. You can punt on saves or in our league, it would be punting on three pointers or punting on turnovers, which I do because I just want people to play minutes. You can't really punt using this scoring. You know what I mean? Like all all matchups aside from two of them over the past week, I won nine to two. Paul won 11 to nothing. Everybody else won six to five. So you can't afford, especially when it comes to playoff time where it's, you know, Win or lose, the the, cat, the categories don't matter. The amount you win by doesn't matter. Six to five, if it's going to be that close, you can't afford to punt any of these categories. So if your team has a glaring, awful weakness, for instance, Kevin Ware's knee, his team has only made 700, 783 baskets. Chase's team has made almost twice as many. You know, that's one of those needs I would look at and go, I can't get past that. You know what I mean? Most yeah. of the people towards the bottom in these roto rankings you notice that field goals made total amount of points things like that they're generally near the bottom um so i mean there's some there's some patterns you can recognize there either way these can be used in in a million different ways but ultimately they mean nothing in the aggregate right now um i will say that that what you what you described as you know roto the way that some leagues are scored in roto uh, Roto scoring is an ancient way of scoring fantasy. When fantasy was recorded on pen and paper and you read the statistics in a newspaper, uh, if you've ever played in a Roto league, it is the most anticlimactic, um, boring way to play fantasy uh, because a team could have a lead going into the last month of the season and the bottom five teams might as well give up and in some cases the bottom you know everybody but three teams should give up because the other teams can have such a good lead um in the league we play in now once you get to that playoffs once you get to those playoffs uh you know it's anybody's game we, we can see you know what what can happen when you get there um you know we don't use roto rankings for a reason. We play the way that we play so that you can get a win, so that you have a shot, so that the team, the best team can win, uh, not just a team that has put up, you know, maybe a more consistent statistics throughout the year. So, okay, so we've talked about roto. We've talked about rotisserie. We've talked about, you know, how it, how it uh, accumulates in our league. Let's talk about the NBA. Let's shift away from fancy for a second. Let's talk about the NBA. And I'm going to ask you a few questions. Uh, let's start with Max. Um, Max, who do you think is the MVP so far this season, NBA? 
Oh God, put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can tell you it's not LeBron, even though he's played every damn game. Um, but what's interesting is, so I agree with you on that, but I did read an article that was basically saying, you're right, like LeBron's not going to win the, doesn't deserve to win the MVP relative to the other players in the league, but now he probably has a better chance of just getting votes from the writers because it's like he's the best player on the reigning champs who are still the best team, and he had like no fucking offseason, but he's still playing – and like, uh, like it just sort of defaulting to him, even though he's less deserving than most of his other years. But I agree with you. I don't think he's deserving this year at all. Yeah. This year, I guess so far, I'd say Kawhi. Um, Clippers have a huge team so far. Kawhi hasn't been doing his load management thing. And, you know, he's playing really well. He's putting up good numbers. And uh, the Clippers look like they could actually compete. I mean, I know that they looked pretty good at times last year, but they look like a team that could compete with the Lakers in the West. Yeah. Uh, if I had to, to name one right now and, you know, I'm not just doing this for fantasy. I know the team's eight and nine, uh, but Luka Doncic without, uh, you know, leading this team to eight and nine right now without, uh, you know, Kristaps, I mean, he is his team. So, and I know it won't end that way. You know, people look at MVP, whether it doesn't matter what sport it is. And they say, you know, if you've led your team to a first place uh, spot, whether it be on the Lakers or the 76ers and the other in the Eastern Conference. uh, So it'd be Embiid or Anthony Davis or whatever. To me, that's not MVP. What's the most valuable? Who has the most wins? Uh, who has created the most wins? Who's created the most points? And to me, that's Luca right now. I think he's just an f- amazing player, and he's had a, a really good year. So um, that's who it would be for me. But and, and we could again, we could spend all day on this. But I want to uh, ask another question, and um, this one I'll go ahead and take. So who's the biggest surprise team this year? And I'm going to say the Knicks. Um, the Knicks usually are a terrible terrible team that we always um it's it's a laughing stock of the league um they're eight and ten right now and i know from a gambling standpoint not that it's that big deal um but they've covered the spread more than any other team in the league um right now as we speak uh they are leading the jazz by 13 when they were uh you know 11 point underdogs it's it's a team that just that really has come out to uh to play this year and i like watching them i think they have a lot of talent um ethan do you have a team this year that you are somewhat surprised at well i certainly um i think you said everyone's kind of number one surprise team which is the knicks and just i think built into that is just comedically low expectations like we just don't expect the Knicks to be bad but like we we enjoy their misery I think it's like funny bad and this year so just showing life and kind of persevering through that I think makes them a darling team in everybody's mind thinking in uh the western conference to kind of um you know, ba- ba- give you a, a balancing team. Um, 
I'm going to go with the Grizzlies. Um, they're just a team who have a lot of young players who I really like. They haven't had much of jaw this year. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. missing. Um, but Brandon Clark, which is showing bias towards my fantasy team, but um, he's sort of just a, a do a little bit of everything guy who I really like. Um, and they've got, I'm blanking, Dylan Brooks is uh, another guy who I really like and I couldn't pull his name. So I'll go with uh, Memphis as my other surprise team um, from the Western Conference. Um, they're only seven and six. They could very realistically just fade right out of these playoffs, but um, without having their full young star power, um, it seems like they really have still built off the momentum they built in the bubble um, at the end of last year, which is really just like four months ago. Gotcha. Okay. Max, biggest surprise so far as a player somebody you didn't think that would be this good um but is uh well this one is a little bit more fantasy relevant um i'd say jeremy grant has been pretty good so far Mm -hmm. a big one uh that i noticed in paul's 11 and nothing just drudging last week is joe harris man Oh my God, Joe Harris is is popping threes like nobody's business. Like he is an incredibly valuable role player on the Nets right now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's been pretty incredible. And I know CJ McCollum is somebody we've talked about a lot, but I, I'd say Joe Harris is the guy that's uh, that's jumping out to me. It's it's one of those guys that if you would have asked me which team he played for before the season, I would not have even tried to tell you. Um, so he's he is more relevant to me now than he's ever been. I want to say he used to play for the Nets. So, well, he's, he's, he's still on the Nets. Yeah. I was going to say he still plays. So, I, he's, no, I mean, I'm he's just a, saying that because I feel like he's never left the Nets. So. Oh, has he? Okay. Well, yeah. maybe it's He's been the net through, with the Nets through good and bad. You add Harden, you add Durant, you add Irving, and you get some wide open threes for a guy who specializes in uh, shooting threes. You're going to make some. Okay. Understood. But um, James Harden doesn't play the best defense Kyrie hasn't been there a lot Durant de- definitely is a much better defender than James Harden but um, I mean he's there to play offense first so it's not like Joe Harris is a guy you can just put out there and hide like yes he's a sniper but I al- I, I also have been surprised with like okay shit this is like a championship or bust and you're a starter on this team and you're gonna see 25 minutes a game and like he's totally living up to what you would think they're you know Steve Nash wants from him yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, my honorable mention, is Dejounte Murray. I, you know, again, Spurs homer. Oh, Spurs uh, player. Who's Spurs that? player? But uh, <laughs> I mean, a guy, a point guard that could put up a triple double. I mean, you got to understand that last year was a really, you know, was a really down point for Spurs fans. He didn't make the playoffs for the first time in twenty something years. So, uh, you know, we're we're. Looking and the world for weeps something. for you, San Antonio. Yes, yes. But, you know, you're looking for somebody, you know, they're not quite Duncan. They're not quite uh, Tony Parker. It's not, uh, you know, all those guys. But, again, a point guard that could put a triple-double, we haven't seen in San Antonio uh, ever, pretty much. So it's it's interesting. And, uh, and you know, it's it's he would be a biggest surprise and, uh, you know, an – a candidate for for MVP of the Spurs, not MVP of the league, but MVP of the Spurs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I scared you there, didn't I? I'll, I'll give you guys a, a surprise player. This is a, this one is less intentionally um, 
biased towards my team, but um, I'm just going to start reading down, starting with number one in the league in win shares per 48 minutes, which I don't know the exact formula for win shares. I'd imagine it's something like the BCS formula, um, but um, or in baseball, right? But uh, so number one in win shares per 48 minutes, Joel Embiid. Number two, Nikola Jokic. Number three, Kawhi Leonard. Names we were just talking about with MVP. Number four, Chris Boucher of Toronto, who um, suddenly gets a lot more minutes because they don't have Marcus Saul anymore. They don't have uh, Serge Ibaka anymore. The centers that they brought in as replacements have been cut, honestly. I mean, Alex Len has been cut and is playing for the Wizards as we speak, um, as we record this. But Chris Boucher has come in, and he... Um, He's just uh, a huge impact player without needing to score the basketball. Um, how that impacts his fantasy, we'll see, because um, not scoring really limits him to only helping me in two categories, which is rebounds and blocks. But um, in real life, he's filled a huge void for Toronto, and um, Toronto's kind of really treading water right now and trying to figure out who they are this year and um, Boucher is, is thriving amid all of that. And like I said, I mean, he's fourth in the league and win shares per 48 behind three of the top MVP candidates. So um, I will at least be keeping him in the 11th round, unless somebody would like to trade me something sweet for him. He's a big Boucher, you know, big Boucher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, biggest player disappointment. Uh, Max, do you have a biggest disappointment as a player this year i mean covid year makes it kind of weird um i'm personally disappointed that jimmy butler hasn't been able to play that much and when he has he hasn't looked good um aside from that i mean i don't know rookies in general i mean i know Lamelo ball looked good uh in a couple of games but like it, all in all, like we're just not seeing, and it, it's still early. And I know this is expected from COVID season, but like you know, you're not seeing breakout rookies. You're not seeing guys where it's like, like Wiseman. Wiseman looked amazing for a couple of games early on, but you're not seeing anybody that jumps in and and gets twenty plus minutes every game and and matters all that much. Um, like I have Anthony Edwards, and I expected more i guess out of him like he's he's playing all the minutes minnesota can give him but the dude just uh, he misses shots left and right he turns the ball over he's just sloppy as hell um mm-hmm. and it's just i i don't know ethan would know better than me but maybe it's just the, a lack of preparation a quick turnaround uh well to your to your point he's a shot chucker that's what he was at georgia for his one year um like he's a shot chucker. He turns it over a lot and his assist to turnover is stupid because it's only turnovers. So right. I, now I think he'll figure it out. And if he's a shot chucker that scores 25 points a game, then that becomes something different down the road. But yeah, right now he's, but what about all wildly, rookies? Wildly like, inefficient. like rookies oh. as a whole. I mean, I, I think though it feels like there's like a, a figurative weighted blanket over the whole rookie class. I mean, we've seen, um, rook, you know, we've seen sort of we're seeing tiers start to develop in terms of rookie production to this point of the season. And I mean, COVID affects every team. Obviously, um, 
the situation a guy is in, who he's playing for, who he's playing around. If he's in a second unit, that is one of the better second units in the league, um, stuff like that. But it just feels like on the whole, everything is like a tick slow. And like, to your point, um, somebody like LaMelo ball will put stretches together and stretches. I mean, like maybe two or three games where he looks phenomenal, but it's not, that hasn't just become the mean yet for his play. Wiseman, obviously, um, same thing. And so we're going to see uh, it's an extra adversity. So it's going to also be a test as these people enter the league so young. And now being 30, I feel like I can stick my nose up and say this snootily. Like now all these kids as they enter the league, like this is an extra <laughs> adversity. And a lot of them obviously have never faced tremendous adversity. It's not like you don't work your ass off to get in the NBA, but you obviously also have God-given gifts um, and you haven't spent much time between low amateur and now professional. Um, and so like Wiseman, like th this is less about his play growing up and more about like, and I did, I use him as an example for all rookies, like more about like, Hey, this is the biggest adversity you have ever faced. And you are openly benched and it's being like Steph is getting talk is getting asked about you getting benched. Like this is now a narrative, especially for Warriors fans in their local media. So like, how do you, if that makes you turtle, that could alter the direction of his whole career relative to if he was a rookie in a normal year. And that goes for any of these rookies. So I'll just be, I think maturity is going to be more important than ever. And everyone's game is going to be like a tick behind a normal rookie class. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I do agree with that. Uh, let's finish it up here. Um, who has done the most with less in the NBA? Uh, Ethan, what do you think? Best coaching job so far this season. So um, not going to the obvious Tom Thibodeau in New York. Um, and again, like they still have a fucking losing record. It's not like he is a miracle worker. We'll mm -hmm. see how these young guys getting heavy minutes um, affects them in the later part of the season. Um, but I will say um, my biggest coaching surprise has probably been James Borrego with the Hornets, which is, I was just saying it's weak that the Knicks are under 500. The Hornets are seven and 10, but he's in a really interesting spot where he's, there's an expectation that he's going to develop LaMelo and grow him up. But also they just went out and, signed Gordon Hayward to a max contract. So they're at least trying to like get in the six to eight seed competition in the Eastern conference and Terry Rozier's playing extremely well, which cuts into LaMelo's minutes. So I just think it's an interesting mix of like rebuilding, but also like trying to semi contend um, for at least the playoffs right now. And he's just, I, I feel like he's in a really tough spot, but he, you can see LaMelo getting better. You can see Terry Rozier is back to playing as well as he was uh, with Boston under Brad Stevens. So, um, you know, if if this is just a, a flash in the pan and, and Charlotte goes back to bottoming out, I'll look like a fool, but it won't be the first time and it won't be the last. Um, but I'm, I'm impressed with just how he's, regardless of the result, I like sort of what he's doing with Charlotte's pieces and in the context of what this franchise that never really matters at all is trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, if I had to give a uh, coaching doing most with less, I'm going to say it's Brad Stevens, the Celtics. Um, they've had some, 
some real issues with COVID thus far this season. I know there's been a lot of their games where they've played shorthanded. I know Tatum's missed time. I know Kimba didn't play most of the season. Um, you know, yeah, they have a decently deep bench, um, but but yeah, they're they're ten and six. They're one game out of the lead in the East. Uh, you wouldn't expect that from a team that's you know played without a, a good amount of their players this year. So I would give Brad Stevens. Max, you have an, uh, a coaching MVP for the early part of the season? No, no. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I'd be talking out of my ass if I picked a coach. <laughs> I but I will say so. Uh, John Wall. So tonight, uh, Washington's playing Houston, and, and I've got the game on. And yeah. uh, John Wall and Westbrook were traded for each other. Uh, just both got technical fouls for yeah. like shouting at each other. At the time, uh, Washington was down by like 13 points. I don't know what shit talk Russ Westbrook had to oh. give, but double teed up. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's just you know frustration because they're they're now down by 13. Um, but but yeah, so. Um, all right, let's get into the matchups this week. We spent enough time on everything else. Um, we'll start out with Chase's neat team versus Super Gallinario Brothers. This is kind of a mismatch. Uh, Max, what do you think? Is it, though? I mean, it, like, uh, do we understand that Super Gallinario Bros, despite being in last, is coming off a dub from last yep. week? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he's he's got a lead coming off a hot Monday. Now, granted, it's a it's a slim lead, but it's a lead nonetheless. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to pick Victor this week. And part of it is, you know, I'm cheating. We're, we're two days in. Um, but I think Chase is still going to win with a lot of aggregate sk- stats. Chase's team, is, you know, just gets more minutes. Um, but I think Victor's into it i think you know he's he's feeling it coming off a win he's going to use some moves he has players to drop and with chase's team victor could easily win some percentage stats he could win assist steals blocks he's going to win turnovers because like i said chase's guys get all the minutes um no way in hell that he wins three points points or rebounds like that or field goals made like those are gone right now it's seven to four those are the ones he's losing but I think he could keep it. I think he could keep the rest going or at least take it six to five the rest of the week. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way, but I'm picking Victor. Okay. Ethan, what do you think? Um, I will respectfully disagree. I'm going to take Chase's neat team. Um, not only <laughs> Terrible because name. So I, bad. I, I, no, I think it's pretty neat, you know? I, um, and I think it'll be the victorious team this week because um, – and Chase even, I think, joked about this in the group text uh, on Monday. Um, like, Chase's team takes so many shots, and that's a good thing in this format. Like, um, what it really says to me is that while Chase does have um, his handful of streaming spots, and we talked about kind of different streaming strategies on last week's show, um, all of his above streaming guys and especially his stars have gotten consistent games played. Like he's really evaded a lot. It's not like no one's missed a single game, but he's really evaded um, guys who've missed a whole week or had three straight games canceled or who got injured for two weeks. And so, um, you know, I guess Porzingis at the start of the year was really the biggest injury adversity he's faced so far. And so, I mean, yeah, he just stacks and stacks and stacks in these counting stats 
with good players. So I think, you know, unless um, there will be injuries, there will be more Rona outbreaks. Um, but until those things happen, I think it's going to take a team that has equal star power to beat Chases because he just has such volume in the way that his roster is constructed right now. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Chase's team is just, it's, there's, it's just too much. Um, it, it, if we're talking about, uh, you know, some of these players at the top up there, um, this would be something different. Um, we're talking about Super Gallinario brothers, and I know Max was all high on, on, on it. It's just not a great team. Just, uh, you know, down uh, in the bottom ranks of the team. Uh, I will say that if I had one of those LVP, least valuable players, somebody that's been disappointing this year for me, is definitely um, Giannis. Giannis, sorry. Almost did it again. You Giannis did is... do it again. There's no almost. You did. <laughs> no, I did. That was a, a silent. Uh, but <laughs> if you uh, say so. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I I, uh, I I think that he could have played a lot better than he has earlier on in the season. Um, and even though he has the Bucks, you know, a couple couple spots from the top of the East, uh, you know, he's still Giannis. He's still gonna gonna play at a top level. I'm going to take Chase, and I'm going to take Chase easy uh, this week. I hope Victor's listening. I believe in you, Victor. You have it this week. Oh, Victor beat me uh, last week. It's not that Victor can't win. It's not, it was, it's not an indictment on Victor's team. I think it's more of a compliment to Chase's team. Yeah. You like a drum. <laughs> he beat All me right. six to five with like four more games played <laughs> like a drum i beat myself and he was there at the finish line waiting all right boys let's talk about grunfeld's revenge versus uniballers a little bit more of a uh, even matchup here um i will go ahead and start here so uniballers i faced earlier in the year uh his team just wasn't that great um but obviously he's he's doing a lot better than he has in the past um you know you, you see Kawhi is going to miss probably the whole week with with covid um you know the the whole covid thing that we've been going through the whole year um also McCollum's down um I just I think Grumfeld's got this. On the other side, Christian Wood is out, um, but I, I think he does come back. Uh, Grumfeld has a some spots that he has to fill. Um, he has an early lead. I'm going to take Grumfeld's. He's going to take this pretty easy. Um, Ethan, what do you think? Um, I agree. Um, really, just is shit luck right now for Uniballers. Um, no Kawhi all week, no McCollum all week, Derek White also on the injured list. And I'm sure Kyle's listening, thinking like I have Christian Wood injured. I have Karis Levert injured, but, uh, those are good players. They're not Kawhi and CJ McCollum, um, which are the cornerstones of Luke's team. Um, both missing. He just got Michael Porter jr. Back. So it's like, he hasn't had the three of them together at all this year. Um, so really tough luck. I think he can, um, keep it close with, with volume minutes, just well, one, because with so many key guys on his injured list, he has a lot of streaming spots. So he can, anytime there's a good play for one day, even he's got a disposable player to make a move. Um, and two, he's just got some, 
um, some guys with like uh, this uh, go off potential. Is that a thing? Like, um, he's got Jared Allen and both wizards bigs, which is just going to, um, stack a lot of big man categories, which is something that, um, I think Kyle, um, might be a little vulnerable in beyond the OG Clint Capella. So maybe he keeps it frisky there, but, um, but again, it's, you've got two of the top 15 players in the league, both out You're It's, I don't know. It's tough to field a competitive team. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Max, you have a thought on this matchup? Yeah. Um, God, I, I want to pick Uniballers to win, especially I beat them so bad last week. How's that ass feel? Um, but like, I just, it sucks, man. It sucks having Kawhi out. It sucks having McCollum out. I will say that uh, I'm rooting for him to beat Kyle this week. And I think the way that he can beat Kyle is effort. Now I'm going to get it out of the way. I'm picking Grunfeld's revenge because I just, I don't think I, he just has a better team right now. Uh, the two best players on Uniballer's team are not going to play this week. Um, Michael Porter Jr. can only do so much. Fred Van Fleet can only do so much, but like you look at, has anybody seen what Austin Rivers is doing tonight? He's 10 of 10 from the field, five of five from three. He's got 25 points and he's batting a thousand on Kyle's bench. Mm. Okay. Uh, Like you hate to see it to me. That's a Cardinal sin. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a full lineup. Nobody has a full lineup. There's what three games tonight. Yeah. He's leaving an ace game on his bench. And that should hurt him. Unfortunately, I don't think it will. But it's kind of one of those things that signals to Luke. I don't know when he's actually going to hear this podcast. But Luke, you can do it with effort. But it has to be like a shitload of effort. Like getting all the minutes possible. You can absolutely get more games played than Kyle's team if he's going to leave guys like Austin Rivers on the bench um, when they're supposed to be playing. If he's not going to edit his lineup. So take advantage. Take advantage. Prove us all wrong. I'm still picking Grunfeld's Revenge. Yeah, that's that's a pretty easy pick. Um, all right, let's let's keep it going here. Hong Kong Heroes, our first or uh, close first place team, uh, versus Luke and my balls. This is probably the match of the week. Max, what do you have on this game? This is it's got to be the matchup of the week. Um, yeah. I mean, I got to say, so it's. I texted with Brennan a little bit this week. I think everybody in the league has texted with Brennan a little bit this week about trades. Um, he's plugged in, man, and he is getting some intel on what we all think about our players. Uh, that being said, if Matt's going to pay attention this week, I'm picking him. I like Hong Kong Heroes has an incredible team. I just, again, Matt paying attention, Hurwitz paying attention is like uh, with his team is pretty hard to stop. You know, Jason Tatum's, Jason Tatum's, Jason Tatum, Sabanis, uh, Doncic, Siakam. Like it's, it's just a lethal team. I understand Kyrie Irving and, and Jokic and, and, you know, everybody on Hong Kong heroes, nothing to shake a stick at, but I think 11 to nothing, your team wakes up from something like that. My team did. Um, Andrew's team kind of did almost. So now it's Hurwitz's turn. And he's going to do the same thing with his team. He's going to take the dub this week. Okay. All right. Uh, Ethan, what do you think? Um, I'm picking Hurwitz as well, but I think it's going to be a close matchup. Um, 
And I think as we're sort of starting to see, um, you know, I think we all accept that we're in like the rising action of Brooklyn's season narrative. And um, Brennan with Kyrie Irving, you know, I guess he could be off Brennan's team tomorrow in a trade. But, uh, you know, as long as Brennan has Kyrie Irving, I think that widens his range of outcomes um, a tremendous amount because of um, the number of different ways that Kyrie scores the ball, the number of opportunities that he'll have for um, assists given who he's playing with. Um, you know, I like I said last week, I think Brennan's team is like a great team in camouflage. It's a lot of guys who it's like the opposite of the cheerleader effect. If you saw any of these guys individually, you'd be like, yeah, I want that guy on my favorite team. But when you just like look at this group and you don't see any like Olympians on it, except Jokic, then it's, you know, you're like, Oh, I, this is underwhelming, but like you would want a lot of Brennan's players and miles Turner is going to be the defensive player of the year. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm on record and I still believe it. If Hurwitz checks every day and makes his five moves, he should be able to win pretty much every matchup. His team is, is that good. His first draft, um, in 2019 was that good in my mind, but, um, we'll see if he does that either way. Brennan is, um, much more dangerous than I think, um, his team looks, I guess it's reflected in his roto score, which is 20 points ahead of everyone else. I mean, yeah, I don't understand what we're talking about here. Um, yes, I've praised Luca all season long. Obviously last week he showed that he, uh, is definitely beatable. He, Hong Kong here was the first in Roto and it's not even close. He's like 20%, uh, 20% uh, more points in second place. Uh, and so the reason that he's winning every week is you're right. He doesn't have a lot of showstoppers, but his worst player on his team uh, might be able to be kept by somebody, you know, I, I, Jeff green, you know, obviously is not going to be kept by anybody, but you know, he's just got balance from top to bottom. Everybody, you know, has their specialties. Everybody can, uh, can kill it. You know, Duncan Robinson with the threes. Yeah. Uh, he's got, uh, miles Turner with the blocks. Um, obviously Irving with the assist and Jokic is a walking triple double. So it's, he's got all the pieces, um, and he's built a team perfectly, so I, I'm I'm gonna take him this week. I think he wins, uh, and I and particularly don't think it's gonna be close. So because uh, you know it is tax season. So uh, you know I guess <laughs> I guess uh, we'll just have to see. But let's keep. But, but you just watch though, because he'll start working seventy hour weeks, and then to Max's joke, like who only makes two a.m. moves? Herwitz will start working like eight a.m. to midnight a few days out of the week, and he will make very sober. 2 a.m. moves because he's working stupid hours. That's yeah. the the dangerous potential. I have I am not saying I'm like guaranteeing that's what he's going to do. I'm saying that possibility exists. Like I, there's a guy I know you play fantasy football with who's a pilot and will be in other time zones, and I don't think it'll yeah. be that severe, but he'll be on different hours. I think than right. the normies. I know it's because of his job, but can we just start blaming other stuff on tax season? Like you know, somebody. <laughs> Like, you know, dad calls and, and I'm, I'm busy. I'm like, dad, I can't talk right now. It's tax season. You it know is I mean? tax like, season. Excuse me. I can't. I can't. Wait, you Not want tonight. me to play Call of Duty at a time like this? It's tax yeah. season. Max tells his wife he can't take the trash out because it's tax season. She's <laughs> like, we are married. We file taxes together. He's like, okay, well, 
Um, you take out the trash and I'll file the taxes. Call of Duty. Babe, you <laughs> don't get the fucking bagels, okay? It's tax season. My God. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Let's keep on moving to another matchup. We've spent way too much time on this team for a team that does not give a shit about this league. <laughs> uh, White Man Can't Jump versus Kevin Ware's knee. Um, Max, what do you think? Give me Neil. Uh, easy. Easy. Um, yeah. it, it's funny if we we're going to choose like a, like a team biggest disappointment team so far this season from the fantasy league, not from the NBA, I think it would be Neil's. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's got so much potential. You know what I mean? He's got Kemba Brogdon looks great. He's got Harden, Ben Simmons and, but he's had injured Josh Richardson, who was real hype pick after the Mavericks signed him, uh, injured Hachimura who I love to, you know, he was on my team last year. I have his Jersey and I just love to say Hachimura. Um, injured, injured Wendell Carter. Um, you know, a, a bunch of good role players. Neo pays attention. He makes moves. He makes trades. Uh, I, it seems like he should be doing better than 26, 28 and one. Um, but I think that'll change this week because he gets his freebie. He's going to get an easy dub. I know oh, yeah. he's right now, but he will win. <laughs> yeah. Kimmel Walker was a huge disappointment. And I think he knows that. Uh, I pretty much say that every week. Um, I, I'm sure he did not like, I mean, if I was him, I would not like that James Harden trade. Yeah. You get boosted and everything else, but that, uh, that usage rate goes down and the, and the points obviously go down and the attempts go down. Um, so yes, it's a little bit of disappointment for him, but I agree. I think Neil wins just on, uh, on merit and on effort uh, alone. I think this uh, Kevin Ware's needs team is just not that great, not playing that great uh, to begin with. And uh, I'm going to take Neil to win this one in a wash, probably, uh, you know, like a nine, two, eight, three kind of win. But Ethan, what do you think? Well, um, I said it before and I'll say it again. If Matt Stafford, um, checks and makes his moves every week he will make the playoffs same goes for this matchup if he checks and makes his moves and doesn't leave any good performances on the bench um like i can't remember the oh kyle grunfeld's revenge um as long as he doesn't do that he will win because he has the better team and he um i mean again he hasn't been making moves and he's been forfeiting counting stats and he still um, wasn't in last place last week. We were just praising Hong Kong heroes last week. Hong Kong won six to five. So, and right now, Kevin wears knee is up seven to four tonight. Trey young went off for 38 points on 52% shooting. Good which for is him. Pretty good. So seems like you got to um, hang on to. <laughs> I, I wasn't even saying that to rub that in Huck's face so much. as just, well, to you say, did. It hurts. <laughs> oh no i mean residual benefit i'm happy about it don't get me wrong it wasn't my intention yeah but um but yeah i mean i really do think that he has a good team he has great post players which is something everybody seems to want right now and um while he's kind of thin at the guard spot his top guards are scoring guards donovan mitchell trey young um dennis schroeder doesn't score to their degree but he's certainly a, a scoring the basketball asset for his fantasy team who's above streaming. Um, so yeah, you're right. We have for somebody who I doubt even listens to this podcast, we have spent too much time talking about his team, but I really do think as if he just tries a little, he has the infrastructure to absolutely make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the key word try and just a little, uh, but all right, let's keep it rolling. Next. A lot matchup. of words. 
a lot, a lot of words. words. A lot of words. Uh, we're gonna go with the most one of the most disrespected teams in the league, Thunder from down under versus Rumham Slam. Ethan, tell us about this matchup. Um, I feel like both of these teams think that they're disrespected. I feel like Trevor thinks that um, I've disrespected his team because I've spoken much more of his Roto rank than his win-loss record. Um, I do think Paul will win this week, but that's less. Again, uh, Trevor, I I love you, fam. Hope the family's well. Um, Paul is in first place for a reason, and um, another point that I can kind of belabor, um, I think Paul has – um, gotten really, really above ex- expectation play from his second tier talents. And that includes even a Chris Middleton, who I think Chris Middleton I- efficiency wise has been as impactful or more than Giannis this year. Now we know that's not true because these are human beings. They take the court, they know who Giannis is. But uh, Chris Middleton's been making that kind of an impact statistically. Um, and he's got really deep guard play, both Curry's, SGA. Etc. So that's just going to make him very difficult to beat in the counting stats as long as he's healthy. Um, I do think that Trevor is uh, is a definite playoff team, and I think he's found um, a lot of really good hidden gems, like um, Alec Burks of the Knicks. Uh, you know, he was hot, then he was out for a while. Um, Trevor was quick on that when he came back, and I think he's going to reap some rewards to that end. So um, I'm picking Paul this week, but I definitely. Trevor, I love you, and I do think you're a playoff team. Okay. Uh, you know, I faced this team last week. It's not that good. Rum, ham, slam. It's not that great. Uh, you know, I had a chance. You know, my team's not all that great, but I had a chance, even with COVID and everything, and Jaw sitting out now after his, his injuries and whatnot, uh, to uh, come back on Sunday and take a couple of these categories. I mean, it could have been a seven, four, uh, six, five matchup with me on the winning side. Uh, if I just had one, I know everybody's had COVID problems, just one more game. Give me one more game from one of these guys. Um, and I would have had it. I think I lost by three assists and two steals, something like that. And I could have, you know, won that matchup. Rumham slam is team. It would be a different story if you had towns. He just, it's just not all there, especially um, in this front court. He's got Vucevic, but he's playing Biombo and Brook Lopez and Zeller up there. So, you know, you can out-rebound them easy uh, if you you just have, you know, decent front court people. Um, on the other side, Thunder for down under, we are disrespecting him. He does have a great team. Uh, you know, I, I love uh, – SGA is probably one of my – favorite fancy players in the league just because he can uh, fill it up every night. Uh, I know he's not for sale, but if he was, I'd be uh, one of the first people in line. Uh, But yeah, you know, again, this is another one of these teams like Hong Kong Heroes that really spreads it out. His worst player would be a great player on one of our teams. Uh, You know, I think his worst player right now, if I really had to pick, would be like Evan Fournier, maybe? Theus? Uh, you know, Tice. And whatever. Tice, uh, Giannis. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no. You know, he's just got a really balanced team. I'm gonna pick Paul, and this one's gonna be pretty easy. Max, what do you think? 
Yeah, I'm going to also have to pick Paul. And it's nothing against Trevor's team. I think I think Trevor's got the fantasy MVP on his team. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is out. But if he had Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, I know he's currently in fourth place. If he had Carl Anthony Towns, I think he'd be in first or second. Because um, Vucevic, man, Vucevic is having a year. You want to talk about filling up a stat sheet. He's putting up a crazy amount of points. He's averaging a double-double. You know, getting double-digit rebounds every night. And I had no idea he shot this many threes. A couple of days ago, he shot, he made six threes in a game. Mm-hmm. He's he really gives you everything. You know, he's a triple double threat every night. Um, incredible player. But yeah, Paul's team is uh is really hard to beat. Um, I was looking at the draft results earlier because I was like, okay, who is I know we've brought up uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Clay Thompson as a big-time trade chip for later in the season. Go back and look at Paul's draft. Did anybody draft a better team than Paul did? I mean, like, uh, there's the – he has some obvious keepers, you know, Curry, Gobert, Middleton, Lowry, SGA. All of them have performed really, really well. After that, he drafts Seth Curry in the eighth, Tyrese Halliburton in the ninth. That's a keeper that someone will trade for. Joe Harris in the 11th. That is a keeper someone should trade for. Cole Anthony in the 13th. That is another keeper someone should trade for. I don't know if anybody else has more keeper firepower after the seventh round than Paul does. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I, we talk about stacking guys, you know, the strategies you guys talked about, stacking first round picks, getting multiple guys that you aren't going to keep because you're chasing after a championship. Paul's got more leverage to do that than any other team in the league um, so not mm-hmm. only do i think he's you know gonna win this week but i think it's if he gets to trading in the second half of the season um you know we could, so we could be in for some trouble yeah I, you know and and i agree but uh but we'll just have to see we'll just have to see on on thunder from down under again one of the most disrespected teams that we've had this far but he is uh definitely one of the top teams can pe- can compete with luka my balls can compete with hong kong heroes so um it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out going forward well the good Next- news for him we've spent an entire episode just just cupping his balls and telling him how special <laughs> he is like i swear every segment we've been like paul you're amazing yeah, Please keep listening. And we've done this to Luke and my balls in the past, and uh, yeah. you know it's been the kiss of death. Yeah, it's been the kiss of death. So we'll That's just true. have to see. I, I wonder if uh, Paul has done his taxes. Uh, that would be, <laughs> that would be something to Is look he, out for. It's pretty stressful. It, uh, that could stress oh, him out in this week. That could uh, that could affect him as when it comes down the stretch. Uh, but next matchup: Shalom Y'all versus I Love Dirk. I I really have trouble with that one. Um, (laughs) But um, I'll go ahead and start this one out. You know, one of these people that I really, really wanted that I wasn't able to get was quickly. Um, You know, it doesn't matter. People say that uh, Tom Thibodeau doesn't like to play rookies. Well, he's playing quickly. Quickly is getting some run and quickly is taking advantage of it. I really like him. I like him going forward in, in, the end of the season going into the next season, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more quickly uh, and less Peyton, uh, which is unfortunate for me, but you know, I, I, I really wanted him when, when Neil dropped him, I wonder why he dropped him, but he did. Um, so I, I do like him again. You talked about Boucher earlier in the, in the, um, in the 
in the podcast. I, I really like Boucher. I like him uh, and his weekly outlook. Um, something that you reiterate week after week that maybe you don't have to explain in, in whole right now, but Andre Drummond to me is one of the best players night in and night out from a fantasy perspective, at least in a DFS perspective. Um, he is a walking double, double, and uh, it's not just double, double. Sometimes he, I mean, he's a threat to go 20, 20 every night. Um, so, you know, I really like him in the front court. Um, you know what? I, I, I love Dirk. He's trying to trade. He's desperate. He wants to get out from underneath some of these players that he has on his team. Uh, I like Shalom y'all this week. I think he takes it. And I, I think it's, it's going to be pretty easy. Uh, Max, what do you think? What was the thing that he kept saying last week about wanting to get close to people with trades? Like, you know, he wants to, Let's just tickle him a little bit or, or something along those lines. What was the phrase that he, I swear I he used remember. it 10 times. Andrew, uh, I can't remember. Andrew's got a bunch of, of phrases. Little like idioms. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, so this week, I, Andrew's currently up seven to three. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's got a shot. Uh, I, I think schedule wise, Ethan's team just has more games this season. So Andrew's going to have to, do a lot more ad drops in order to keep up with that. On top of that, the thing that Andrew lacks the most, the thing that his team struggles with the most are big man stats. And Ethan literally can win those categories with one guy. Like unless you have guys that like multiple players that can block and rebound, generally Drummond is going to just lose you those two categories. And in, in, in a league where, you know, most of the matchups ended up six to five last week, just automatically surrendering that and having to keep up with the sheer amount of games that Ethan's team is going to be playing this week. I don't like Andrew's chances uh, from this point forward. So I'm sorry, Andrew, I'm going with Ethan. Yep. Pretty easy. Ethan, what do you think of your own matchup? Um, well, as always, I don't pick myself. So something. Well, no, fuck that. I didn't pick myself <laughs> last week and I lost to Victor. So I'm, I'm picking myself. Ouch. Um, I'm picking myself. I do think it's, uh, it's my team is very vulnerable right now. I'm not going to have Paul George all week. I'm probably not going to have Tyler hero all week. Um, I do think that I'll win rebounds and blocks. Um, but I think I'm really vulnerable in scoring and, um, just field goals made threes made. Um, I, I, uh, I got lucky from a fantasy sense. I love Devin Booker. I want him to eat. It looks like he's out for tomorrow night, so I catch a little bit of a break there. I really thought he and, and Lillard uh, could kind of carry in Andrew to um, to get to six categories um, just through their volume scoring. Um, I think I can get Andrew 6-5 this week again. I do have the big advantage in the post but um like if he gets a 30 burger from DeRozan in any game this week um or like a 30 burger from Terrence Ross in any game this week then I can become very vulnerable very fast because I'm probably not going to have D'Angelo Russell um for a good chunk of this week either and my volume scoring is really dependent on just Jalen Brown right now when you first said, when you were like, my team's feeling very, very vulnerable right now, I misunderstood completely. I thought you were like, well, we just lost to Victor, you know? And my team's, <laughs> my team's really vulnerable. They're in a really sensitive place right now. So let's not yeah. talk about it. Like, I really. We're, we're all I in our feelings. We have a little bit of locker room turmoil. 
I, I uh, swear, I was like, where is he going with this? Like, his teams. I mean, hey, locker room, locker room chemistry matters. Stafford, for instance, is leaving Detroit. Is he going to be more focused on fantasy, or is he going to be on the phone with his agent all week and less well, focused on that, fantasy? That would explain it. We don't know. It I is just tax season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what we call a callback. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, now that we have all the other unimportant matchups out of the way, let's get to uh, Godzilla got busy 24 and 31 yeah. uh, versus Doink the Clown 20, 34 and 1. Ethan, tell us what you think of this matchup. I am picking. Well, no, I'll, I'll just do all my windbagging first and then I'll say my pick at the end. Um, because even though this is a matchup between the two of you, this is all about me. Um, <laughs> gotcha. No, I, I pick Max. Um, I, uh, I've been saying I think Max is better than his record. He lost 11 nothing in week one, and he's 24 and 20 cents, which is an average of six to five um, every week. So to that sense, um, he's playing um, – if he's a middling team, he's one of the winning middling teams. That that says playoffs to me. Huck is in last in Roto right now. He is mm. – um, we want to talk about vulnerable teams. Uh, um, yeah. I think Huck's team is um, is a little undermanned right now. I, you know, Having John Morant back helps the star power, but um, in terms of volume, um, missing Bogdanovich is huge. Um, I think from fantasy perspective – more so than a real life perspective, Al Horford gets slept on. Uh, so him being out is going to hurt more than it seems. Um, so even without Jimmy Butler, I'm taking Max. I think that um, he's a team that's trending up. I think Huck is a team that has been clearly trying to look for a spark as we've seen with uh, the trade activity. And um, and I don't think that spark's going to be this week. Ugh. Max, tell me, Sparking. what do you think of this matchup? I'll tell you what I think of this matchup. I'm winning 9-2 to two right now. Okay, my team is shooting 46% from three. I have made 208 points. You have made 98 points. Okay, okay, part of that is, you know, the Spurs game got postponed on Monday night, and you invested heavily in Spurs, and that screws you over. But I'm feeling really good about my team. I don't think, well, first of all, the whole team's feeling great about the trailer that came out. Okay, we're feeling real good about Godzilla versus Kong. Really like the odds versus Kong. It gets everybody real fired up, you know? Can you imagine if Doink the Clown made a comeback, a WWE comeback, how your team would feel? Yeah. Um, I'm just yeah. picturing Godzilla versus Kong and then just normal human-sized Doink the Clown walking up. He's the size <laughs> of Kong's toenail. It's He's not like good. I'm trying to get involved in it. <laughs> I'm telling you, LeBron's hyped. Jeremy Lamb is hyped. So beyond that, I, I don't think anybody in the league has been as lucky as I have been with some ad drops and some players filling in for injured guys. You know, like Jared Vanderbilt has been getting so many minutes with Carl Anthony Towns out. You know, Jeremy Lamb, all of a sudden, you know, this, this Karis LeVert trade happens, then immediately Karis LeVert can't play. And Jeremy Lamb is now healthy and soaking up minutes and putting up great numbers. Enos Cantor with Nurkic being out, put up a 22 rebound night last night. Um, you know, Wonderful. like 
it's 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 fantastic. Patty Mills is putting up some threes because you know the Spurs roster they play everybody a little bit. I just I'm feeling very good about all the players on my team, um, and I'm just looking forward to another big, huge swinging dick victory. Okay, so let's get past the uh, the fact that your team is better than mine because I <laughs> okay. All right, so let's just let's get that out of the way. Yes, your team is better than mine. Uh, yeah, I I acknowledge that. Um, losing the Spurs yesterday kind of sucks, and if they don't play another game, then you could kind of count this matchup out. But I'm going to pick myself, and here's why. Um, one thing that I know my team does really well is rebound. That's just about it. Other than that, uh, and maybe free throw percentage. Why those two? I don't know. <laughs> but that's what we do. Is that well. what you're going for? You're like, listen. No correlation. <laughs> they just I want you to rebound, it. and you yes. got to sink those shots. He's, still, he, miss. he's just building Gene Hackman's Hoosiers team. The rest of the league's <laughs> just dunking in layup lines. They have to pass it three times before they can yeah. shoot it. Yeah, and no turning the ball over. Cue <laughs> like the Globetrotters music. Do 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 do. <laughs> that's that's my team in a nutshell. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Here's why I think I can win. Um, I've added people on my team that are literally just there to block shots. Nerlens Noel is only there to block shots. Okay, and I think he's going to do it, and I think I can beat you in blocks. If I can beat you in turnovers, beat you in blocks. Got five steals today, or I'm sorry, 12 steals today, five of them from uh, from uh, Boogie Cousins, four of them from Terrence Mann, the boat rocker. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I really honestly think that if I could just take one of the percentages, free throw percentage, my specialty, um, and then maybe like two other categories. I don't know, like the three point percentage. You got to win turnovers. You got to hope that you win turnovers. Oh, I'm going to win turnovers. That's already done. That's already in the bag. That's, you know, one team. One thing my team is really good at is not getting on the court, and so uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's good for turnovers. If Just you unmatched, and <laughs> unmatched not playing basketball. But in fact, if you actually look at the roto stats. I'm actually uh, there's four teams that are better than me somehow in turnovers. You're fifth in turnovers. Yes, I Uniballers don't know well. is Uniballers is first. I am he is two forty five. I am worst. I have four hundred and twenty four. Whoops. Yeah. And like four hundred and fifteen of those are Drummond. There's yeah. there's four teams ahead of me, and there's only two teams behind me in field goals made, uh, and I am seriously dead last in field goal percentage not only does my team not take shots they don't make the shots that they do shoot they haven't warmed up yet they have you know, you they gotta warm up you know you the more shots you take the more the warmer you'll be true after tax season uh <laughs> this team is gonna get on fire uh but no in all seriousness i probably don't have that good of a chance to win i uh you know i'd bet myself as an underdog if you gave me like five or six odds plus 500 plus 600 uh but i i am gonna make it competitive you know and judging by terrence man that pickup today it's pretty good it's pretty good almost a double double um at, off the bench probably won't see a lot of terrence man going forward he might be gone tomorrow uh depending on the whole uh Kawhi and paul george situation but uh 
but we'll just have to see. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the crucifix just never comes back. Just stay away uh, because Boogie Cousins loves to be out there on the court. He loves to shoot three. He switched four of eight tonight. Uh, it's it's beautiful. Nothing stuff. helps your offense like playing the Wizards. <laughs> Drill red carpet shit to the rim. Yep. Be, be honest, are you more likely to hang on to Terrence Mann with the Boat Rocker nickname? I do like the, the Boat Rocker nickname. I don't know if people really realize what that is. Yeah, it's Field of Dreams reference. I know it's a Field of Dreams reference. I'm sure most people don't know what that is uh but but yeah the boat rockers i i don't know if other people call them that i i definitely uh call them that but uh, they should they should they should um but yeah that's just about it um we have given all our matchups we've given you all of our thoughts for this week in uh the hardwood dynasty basketball podcast either you guys got anything to say before we uh head out for the next week I need a center. Somebody trade me a center. Go I was going to say, as always, give me your best player, and I'll <laughs> give you somebody marginal in return. Uh, Andre Drummond for sale. Uh, Andre Drummond. Uh, Andre Drummond could be yours for the right price. That's actually not sarcastic. I really mean that. I've negotiated. Obviously, it hasn't gone through, but there have been negotiations, so I'll at least text you back. Well, I need a center. I'll I'll trade you Vanderbilt or Patty Mills or I don't know. I'll trade you somebody. A weekly acknowledgement of Andre Drummond being on the trade block. <laughs> you can tell the end of our show outline every week is just Huck ends the show. So yeah. then no one's prepared with what to say. So it just becomes uh, fucking groveling. Oh, I knew exactly what to say. <laughs> I need a center. True. I have it written down. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We will see you guys next week uh, with another edition of the Hardwood Dynasty Basketball Podcast. See ya. Well, it's the verbal Herman monster, the word enhancer, sick of phony mobsters controlling the dance floor. I'm in them dark places, catch you when you start naked. Your heart races as we poke you for your chart spaces. The taunt faces be bringing these hot styles through. Some of you bum a few cheers from shock thou. You word power can plow through acres of cornfields. Paragraphs cut like warm steel, perform ill. We're not falling.